Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's podcast. As I promised last week, I will be opening all of these with a drawing for a giveaway that I'll be doing, which I'll hopefully be able to continue for quite a while. And this week, I'm giving away a RetroTink 2X Classic with a plastic case from LaserBear.net. Love that blue color that Greg uses. Uh, it also has the original case with it, should you want to revert back. Um, it comes with a USB cable, which I just plug directly into my TV when I use it an HDMI adapter so that you could use a regular size HDMI cable, and it comes with a shielded coax S-video cable from RetroAccess. It's about as good as it gets with uh, S-video cables. Uh, and this, this would really cover the ground for pretty much, uh, if the winner is in North America, you know, every SNES except the Mini, which of course could be modded to add S-video, GameCube, um, and all of the N64s that we got uh, in North America were all S-video enabled. Most were worldwide. There was just some issue with PAL, but I'm excited to give these away, and I really hope more people sign up and, uh, and join for these. All you have to do is post the word giveaway in these drawings, not in this video. I wasn't clear about that last week and I got a ton of people posting giveaway in the weekly roundup video. This is the drawing. This is not the giveaway video. So I'm sorry, I should have clarified that last week. Um, you know, I'll, I'll try to announce them every Sunday morning. If something's happening, it might be Saturday night, Monday morning, whatever else. But I think Sunday morning is where I'm going to be announcing these. And please share because anybody that's been following this channel for a while knows that I seem to be caught in YouTube's black hole of an algorithm uh, and none of my videos ever get picked up and even some of the ones that uh, I was really proud of and paid to promote don't get picked up at all. So I'm still trying to figure out why I'm stuck in the YouTube rut, but none of these are getting promoted. And I really want more people to be a part of this because, you know, maybe it's a little selfish, but I like giving stuff away. I think it feels cool to try to, you know, put a smile on somebody's face. So um, please share these things. Please retweet, you know, tell everybody. I try to post them on, on everywhere. I'm on social media, but, you know, if you're on a place I'm not, you know, put them up on these and anybody can win. You don't have to be part of anything. All you have to do is comment and that's it. So, um, all right, well, enough explanation. Let's actually jump in and pull the winner of this week's package of all of this retro tink 2X classic and other awesomeness that it came with. Okay, so I'm going to do just like I did last week, and if everybody's bored of this, then I'll, I'll speed it up next time, but I do always like to show exactly how I do these drawings so that people know that I'm not, you know, there's no funny business. This is legit. So copying the, uh, the link right from the video, going to commentpicker.com, entering it in, uh, filtering duplicate users, because that's only fair, and uh, I said type giveaway in the comments. And it's filtering through and scanning all of the comments. There's quite a bit, so it'll take a second. Okay, now start raffle and pick random winner. 
Trent S. Uh, congratulations, Trent S. Um, I will uh, contact you directly right in the comments. I'll just reply to yours. Uh, you are now the winner of a very awesome set of S-Video cables and a RetroTank 2X Classic. So thanks to everybody that participated in this. And I'm going to keep doing these as long as I can because I, I enjoy giving stuff away. And hopefully people have some fun being part of this as well. So uh, thanks to Trent for participating. Thanks to all of you for checking out these videos. And let's jump into the news. First up is a new software hack for the PSTV called SharpScale, which allows you to output the native resolution of PS Vita games. So at the moment, the PS Vita's resolution of 960 by 540 is stretched to 1280 by 720 in progressive scan mode when you're using the PSTV, which is a soft scale that works well for some games and not others, I guess. Um, and this allows you to set the output to the original resolution with either black bars around the image or just output the original resolution. Now, many TVs won't be compatible with this. However, that's kind of perfect for people who are doing video capture, because then you can get the original native resolution, which is something that was previously only available through uh, different kind of TV out hacks for it that are no longer being made. So this is a jailbreak tweak. That means you have to obviously jailbreak your PSTV in order for this to work. But it seems very cool and a very good idea for anybody that captures PS Vita games on their PSTV. Um, alternatively, you could also install it on a Vita for games that were lower than 960 by 540 to be displayed in their original resolution, but I'm not sure if that's really going to be something that many people would use other than proof of concept, but please let me know in the comments if I'm wrong. I might be missing something on why, why somebody would want that on an original Vita, but either way, it seems very cool and at the very least something that streamers should definitely look into. The Mister just got support for another resolution, but this one might only be of interest to people with very specific displays. Um, they just got support for 248 by 1536 displays, which is what Apple uses for their Retina Display iPads for people that use that as a monitor. So the advantage of that, of course, is if you're using one of these displays, you could then have everything integer scaled with black bars, so it, it, everything kind of fits perfectly. Um, you could kind of do a soft scale to stretch it, but this is really just one of those neat things that if you have this display try it out and everybody else you know probably don't bother so if you need 1536p support go for it uh, but you know I, i'm kind of joking a little bit about how most people you know wouldn't bother with this but the more you experiment with different kind of resolutions and scaling it, the more you learn from it so while this at the moment is only going to benefit people with one specific type of display who knows maybe they'll find something else about this that would apply to other things i don't know as i I always say the more choices the better so uh, very cool that the project continues to just add awesome stuff every time you look at it I recently revisited the Saturn FRAM mod that Renee from DB Electronics posted on the site a few years ago and I kind of had one little addendum to it so um, I'll just give a quick run through for people that might not be um, familiar with what this is or how the Saturn save games work, but there is a battery in the back of a Sega Saturn, which anybody that's owned one has already had to replace a whole bunch of times already. And when that battery dies, you lose all of the save games that are on your Saturn. So people have been backing up their saves with cartridges, but you know that means you really would have to save 
or back up every single time you're done playing a game that has save features on it. Otherwise, you risk um, just losing it if the battery dies. So uh, Renee posted a mod that tells you how to replace the existing chip with one that's flash-based, so it will never lose its saves. Um, now, the, all of, everything Renee said in his article was perfect, by the way. I just kind of wanted to add something, which I'll get to in a second. So uh, swapping that chip out is a little tricky because certain model Saturns have it on the bottom, which means that there's also some epoxy in there that you need to get rid of. And I just followed Voltar's exact technique when he was doing the bioswap, and it's the same even though it's a different chip. So set your, um, set your hot air gun to 375 at about... 75% airflow and then just very patiently circle around it and I had like a dental pick that I kind of held underneath but with almost no pressure at all because if you don't if if it's not warm enough to remove and you put too much pressure you could rip all the pads off so I just kind of left it there just barely touching it putting the slightest bit of pressure and eventually the thing just came right off so it was a, a lot easier than I expected of course when I did that I think I heated up uh, some of the chips around it a little too much so I ended up going back and reflowing all the chips around it because I had some weird boot issues but that's just something to keep in mind. Now, in order for this chip to work, one of the pins, which I believe is pin 22, I have it in the post here, um, is tied high on the original chip and needs to be tied low on this, which in basic terms means the original chip had that pin uh, going to voltage, and we need this new chip going to ground. So that's what one of the two wires is on this. That's the one that's on the left-hand side. And then my little addendum to this is the original mod was done just by, okay, pull the battery out, add this chip in, and there you go. You're done for saves. Uh, you're done with saves forever. But now you have to reset the clock or at least go through that menu every time you power on the Saturn. And there was some concern as to what happens if you put the battery back in. Um, now is that battery still going to be powering that chip? How is that going to work? So um, I just, uh, with the help of Leo Oliveira, just isolated the voltage that it was getting. So I lifted the second pin, which is the one on the right of the picture for anybody looking, um, and made sure that that wasn't getting power from its original pad and it's getting power from one of the other chips next to it. So now as a result, it's the same exact thing that Renee had written, except you could put that battery back in and keep the clock. Now the clock is what really drains the most of the battery. So you're still going to lose, uh, you know, you're still gonna have to change the battery as normally as you previously would have but now all you lose is the date you don't lose your save games and while there probably isn't a too big of a power issue if you didn't lift the pin i don't want to take that chance i love my saturn i don't want it to break so you know as a uh, as anybody could see in the picture who's watching on video uh my soldering skills are i i am good enough to do these mods without breaking anything and if you were to zoom in on that you'd see some really good solid joints i put um black tape underneath the lifted pins uh just to isolate while i was working on it and i just kind of left it there because whatever it's not going to hurt anything but i am not an artist with my mods uh, a lot of my friends are um, and i'm a little bit jealous sometimes so when of these days I'll replace this picture with something Jose or Zach did and, and have it look really nice. The basic theory is the same. Swap the chips out, lift uh, the specific 5-volt and ground pins, place them elsewhere, and you're good to go forever. So Renee did kind of touch upon the battery thing in this original one, but I wanted a simple way to do it, and Leo helped me out with that, checked out the schematic, and came up with this one. So 
thanks to everybody for making this stuff so freaking awesome. And now I'm very happily using my Saturn and not worrying about losing my save games and not having to deal with resetting the clock every time I power it on. Terra Onion announced this week that they will be releasing The Mode, the multi-optical disc emulator, coming around June with pre-orders open right now for about $200. And this is one device that can be installed in either a Saturn or a Dreamcast that allows you to hook up either USB, microSD, or an SSD to it in order to load your games. Um, It has a menu that switches between regular mode and uh, a more fancy view that shows um, the screen art and stuff like that. And it really just looks like a polished Terra Onion optical drive emulator, which, you know, it's a quick way of of saying quite a big accomplishment. Um, And, you know, a lot of people did ask about price, and it really is relative. So if you're one of those people, like I am sometimes, that wants to just load up the entire disk library so you'd never have to worry about finding your favorite game or, or, you know, switching to a different version or whatever else, you can download the full set places and put them on one device and load them up. And if you do that, if you take something like one of the existing optical drive emulators and you take a one terabyte or even two terabyte micro SD, that total cost is going to be the same or more than a cheap one terabyte SSD and the mode. Now, of course, if you're you know the type that just gets the cheapest SD card, loads whatever games you want to play, and goes from there, it, it's definitely going to be more expensive. Um, and you know, I flip flop. I have certain consoles that you know, while I respect the console, there's only a handful of games that I really enjoy playing on a regular basis. Whereas the more rare ones, I usually just like to have the whole library up there because inevitably somebody's going to have a question about some crazy weird game. So. I don't know. I think um, I think as with a lot of the things that have been released in the past few years, it really depends on your own use case. So I would just take a look at this and take a look at the other options out there, and um, and really see which one fits your needs uh, the best. You know, with features and everything else. The only other thing to note about this. You could only use the SSD or the USB port one at a time. However, you could always use the micro SD port. So, for example, you could have an SSD in and then just stick in a micro SD card if you have something else to quickly test that day. And you could just flip between the different storage in the menu right there. Whereas um, you can't have both USB and SSD going on at the same time. So, uh, I didn't think that was a big deal. I just figured it was something I would let everybody know about if you hadn't already watched the announcement on this and the only other thing to add is i'm kind of curious what the load times are going to be like because in all of the optical drive emulators i've tested for any console really um it's usually the same thing in that you gain a lot of speed difference whenever there would normally be this disc spooling up or the laser mechanism moving around the disc. Um, I'm working on a couple of reviews now of different products, uh, and one of them is an OS, uh, an ODE, and that was by far the biggest difference, is whenever you would press start and the disc would start spinning or you'd have to go to a different part in the game and the, the laser would have to move all the way to the other side, that's instant with optical drive emulators, whereas obviously with the real drives, that could vary a lot based on is the disc going from a stop, how good is your drive assembly is it wearing down but you're also limited to the original bus of the controller so if something only has a 
2x CD-ROM bus, that's the maximum transfer speed you're going to get. So, uh, you know, while I, I love these, and I'm certainly not taking away from how awesome optical drive emulators are, I do want to make sure to have people's, uh, make sure people have the correct expectations for what to get. Like, you're not going to plug this in and go from power on to fighting a, a match in UMK3 in two seconds. You know, you're still going to have to wait quite a bit for the loading. It's just you'll skip all of the disk spooling and, and laser mechanism stuff. So, hopefully that was a good overview of what mode is um, i'd like to get one myself to test and compare to different solutions out there for the different consoles it's compatible with um, and anybody can pre-order it now for they're going to try to ship around late june but of course i would give everybody a break these days because you don't know what kind of delays there's going to be so uh, let's hope to see this thing in late june this next thing is both an aesthetic upgrade and a durability upgrade, and I absolutely love it. Uh, please allow me to explain. Um, a Virtual Boy fan and CNC machinist named Tony created a Virtual Boy medallion to replace the plastic one that was originally on the stand. And that's important because the original one that was on the stand uh, very often cracks. I'll try to zoom in here for anybody watching on uh, video. And what will happen is as you put pressure down on the virtual boy, you know, maybe you're you're just putting it on a table or you're holding onto it to get it positioned, it pushes down on the stand, which pushes against the edges of the plastic medallion thingy in the middle. And then eventually it'll crack, which means now your virtual boy will sit lower, and then it'll just break altogether. Whereas this new metal one um, will not break at all for something like this. You would break or bend the stand before it would break. So it's both very cool looking and a, a functional upgrade for it. Tony did a run of all silver ones, just the regular metal, and now he's doing a run of black with um, silver etching in it, well, basically just uh, engraved so that you see the metal underneath. And they're a little bit expensive at $30 each, plus either $5 for regular or $15 for tracked shipping. But, um, you know, this is something that's kind of like a fun collector's item and a functional upgrade. Maybe Tony will make a run of just the non-anodized ones, just the basic silver ones again that would be a little bit cheaper. But for now, this seems to be like it's going to be a one-time only thing. So not something that yeah, would be able to be purchased from a website. Just one run of these, um, you know, ship them out, and then that's pretty much it. So if there's more interest, I imagine the silver ones will be made again, but probably not the black ones. So... You know, for me personally, I love the Virtual Boy. I don't know why. There's only like three or four games I really love to play on it, but I do really enjoy those games. And I just think something that's unique and functional, but looks stock, and I don't know, I think it's absolutely awesome. Uh, one thing, I've been talking a bunch to Tony lately, and he was very, very concerned about the shipping, and he asked that I just let everybody know that you will most certainly have a lot of delays in shipping. And he's been very diligent about getting these out. So it's not on his end. He's been getting them to the post office. Um, and in fact, I got the tracking number and, you know, within a day or two of buying, I got notification that it was dropped off at the post office in Sweden. But then it has to ship worldwide. You don't know what the kind of restrictions are going to be in place these days. So just, he was very concerned that people know that you know, he's not going to be sitting on your money and not shipping the medallions. He's going to get them out as soon as he can and then you're probably going to have to deal with could be months before you get this um, I paid for the faster shipping and I I don't even know what to expect I would guess a month probably more so 
I guess we'll see, but I think that everybody would be understanding these days of shipping delays, but I did want to just echo his statements and make sure everybody knows, uh, you know, you don't know what to expect with these. They will ship out, just be patient with their their arrival, but I think it's absolutely awesome, and I'm definitely happy I picked some up, and uh, I think this is a cool addition for Virtual Boy fans. Genovi's Retro Impressions just released a video series on unreleased games for the Virtual Boy. And for anybody unfamiliar with Genovi's work, in these unreleased series, he usually starts out with a bit of history uh, and some facts to put things into context as to why some of these cancellations might have happened and uh, what led the companies to this point. And then, of course, goes through games that were proven to have at least been announced or existed in some way, not just the rumor mill. There has to be some kind of proof that this was actually actually going to be a game. Uh, and he, as usual, breaks it down pretty awesomely. Um, I'm a big fan of the unreleased series that he does, and it seems like for the Virtual Boy, there's a few even that I didn't know about, and a few games that still haven't been dumped yet. Um, and most of them are very, um, they're very good reasons, in my opinion, of course. You know, they're just people that don't want to get in trouble and uh, are just being very careful, and I'm sure the game will get released eventually. So, and of course, there's, you know, the other drama reasons I don't even like getting into but uh you know i'm always very respectful of that i don't want anybody to get in trouble although i do want to make sure all of these games get preserved and hopefully released because some of them are even close to finished but um anybody that's a fan of this stuff definitely check it out um there's two videos in the series right now and i believe a third one's uh, going to be released probably by the time this airs so it's gonna it's a great series to sit down and watch if you're a fan of the virtual boy and also on a personal note i have a subscribed to genovi five times now on both the retro RGB account and my personal burner account that I just put family stuff on. And I never, ever get notifications from him. Uh, console kits did the same thing for me. Not did the same. Justin didn't do it to me. But YouTube did that for console kits as well. And every time's the same thing. I find out there's a video. I wasn't notified. I unsubscribe. Then, you know, refresh the browser, resubscribe, and turn on notifications, and I never get them. And I've heard so many people tell stories about that, about other channels, um, and I guess even about Retro RGB as well, and it's infuriating. Um, you know, it's uh, people put people put their lives on the line, kind of. You know, you're putting your work out there, you're depending on YouTube to just get your videos out to subscribers, to the people that already subscribed to you, and you can't. So it's it's absolutely maddening that a lot of these videos get lost for no good reason whatsoever. So I promise I will try to keep up with all of the uh, the stuff that I think all of you might be interested in. Um, I missed the first video from Genovi altogether, and I even I didn't even know a second video existed until I saw him mention it on Twitter. So uh, yeah, I'm very frustrated about that, and hopefully. You know, if you see something that uh, that you think I missed, please let me know. Respectfully, there's a lot of things that I'm already in the middle of writing. That there's a reason that I'm going to wait on it. So, you know, don't think I'm ignoring you or don't think I'm playing favorites or something. So it's just I want to make that clear because I think a few times in the past people were upset that I didn't cover certain things. But I actually was. I was just holding on to it because I had a much more in-depth review thing that I was working on that I wanted to release properly. So respectfully to everybody, keep all your suggestions coming, but please don't be upset if I if you think I'm ignoring you I promise I'm not or I, I missed it because you know I'm only human <laughs> 
I just completely overhauled the Raspberry Pi section of the website. Uh, now it has information on how to get started. It breaks down hardware, software, config text files. And then I put together a video that kind of put everything into perspective. Um, it was a shorter video. I didn't want to do an in-depth dive into it because I had done it in the past. And that's kind of what I did on the written page. Um, and I also wanted a video that while I did talk about hardware solutions that, you know, who knows, they could change or evolve, I did concentrate more on the whole pick the output connector that matches your setup here's how to get started, refer to the page for all the details. And I really prefer doing things that way because videos can be outdated the moment there's a firmware update, whereas the page can just be fixed. You know, you can just update the page and leave a note. Um, and this one, man, I always end up doing this to myself, but I had one product that I was reviewing that I found a bug, so I held off on that review until the, uh, the firmware update's out. And then I had another project I was working on as a backup video that, you know, I wanted to release eventually, but it's kind of evergreen, if you will. And I was all excited. I said, all right, I'll put that video out this week instead. And I realized I was missing a part and the part never showed up. I think it just arrived today, actually. So then I said, okay, well, I'll slap together a quick video about Raspberry Pi because I've been wanting to check out the new adapters that I get sent and I wanted to put things together. And I, as I always do, I, I just naively was like, oh yeah, this will be fairly easy. And then I jumped on the website and realized, wow, a lot of this is so outdated. So what was going to turn into a day's worth of work ended up three full days worth of work. Moment I woke up to the moment, <laughs> moment I went to bed getting these things out and getting everything updated. And uh, yeah, I guess um, I guess anybody who's not a content, content creator might either be amused by this or not. But anybody that is a content creator is rolling their eyes now like, yeah, I do the same thing every time. So hopefully it all worked out. Hopefully I took the right approach for this. Um, and I just... Uh, I'm a fan of the Raspberry Pi. You know, it's not the most powerful solution. It's not going to give the best overall experience. But as far as creating a dedicated emulation box, I mean, this thing's pretty cool. It's a good way to get started. And while I don't use it for consoles, I prefer the Mr. and, of course, original consoles. It is my go-to for many arcade platforms, just because it's not feasible to go collect every arcade game that you've ever wanted. Uh, but it's totally feasible to configure a Raspberry Pi into your setup and play the games that way. So... Um, I, I like the platform. I wish there was better support for the Raspberry Pi 4, but I know it is coming. Uh, so I guess just, um, you know, watch that page. I will keep it updated. I'll post as a news post if there's ever a big update, not just like a few short updates or anything like that. Um, and I'm going to keep using the Pies, and uh, I, I also want to keep using them for the other the other uses too. Like I like Media Center um, on our RGB monitor. So if you have certain content that you want to watch on a CRT, that's a pretty decent way to accomplish it. But I don't know. Uh, let me know in the, in the comments your thoughts and, and did I do an all right job on this? And is there anything else you'd like to see in the future about the Raspberry Pi? Um, and I'll get those other videos out to you hopefully in the next week or two. The Neo Geo Pocket Game Drive is now in stock and available at Stone Age Gamer. And Game Drive is the name of the ROM cart series from Retro HQ. So it's kind of like Crix has his EverDrive series and Retro HQ has the Game Drive series. And it's a very awesome way to play a bunch of Neo Geo Pocket games all on one cartridge. Um, Stone Age Gamer is offering a few different editions. It, they all perform the same. It's basically just a different sticker. Uh, and I think it was a very cool idea. I, I didn't... Uh, 
I didn't expect them to do that, but they have one that's the AES style colors, one that's MVS style, and one that's Neo Pocket style colors. So you could choose your label. They're all the same price. You could choose your label based on whatever you know, whatever you prefer. And of course, they always offer their enhanced packages with SD cards and uh, cases and stuff like that, if that's your thing. Um, I reviewed this a few years ago, way before I started to get better at making videos, so please excuse it. And I think there's been a few tweaks and enhancements, um, and the case itself is certainly look, uh, looks a lot better than the original, but overall it's pretty much the same in that it's just a very well-performing uh, Neo Geo Pocket ROM cart. Um, it is very funny to see my old footage and how that used to look versus the new one. And even on the Raspberry Pi video, um, I didn't have some of the older adapters. I had lent them out to friends. So I just said, okay, well, let me just take my old footage for like the Retro Tank Ultimate and the new footage for that new VGA 666 RGBS thing. And seeing them one right after the other uh, both made me laugh and a little bit ashamed. So <laughs> hopefully people realize these days that it's not like I could just, uh, you know, go run out and walk down to a friend's house and borrow my thing back you know unless it's uh unless somebody's in walking distance i'm trying to stay home obviously so uh, hopefully people will excuse the random old footage in new videos as uh and i would eventually like to re-review a lot of this stuff um, I just would want to concentrate on things that have major changes. Whereas I believe the game drive overall, it was, I said I really liked it before and I still really like it now. So I think I'd want to concentrate on stuff that there are major changes. Uh, and then, you know, leave a note on the old video, like change the title to old, outdated, do not watch or something like that. But um, if you're interested in how it performs, be patient with the older video and uh, definitely check out Stone Age Gamer because it's cool that they have them in stock and there's a bunch of cool choices for which model to buy or which sticker to buy. An English translation was just released for Sailor Moon for the PC Engine CD, which translates all of the menus and dialogue as well as adds subtitles to any of the spoken scenes. Um, I believe this is compatible with the Redump set, or of course you could always just rip your own game and then apply the patch. And if you're using the original um, discs or original CD drives, um, those will be able to play CDRs, so you won't need a mod chip or anything like that. And of course, if you have an optical drive emulator, it would be a little easier to do it that way. So uh, I'm always super appreciative of anybody that works on these English translation patches. Uh, sometimes I think that um, they don't get as much love as they deserve, so... Uh, while I'm not quite familiar with Sailor Moon, I had a friend or two that was obsessed with it when we were kids, but I don't really, I never really watched the show, but I do know that there was a giant audience of people out there for it. So it's very cool that more people get to experience the game now. And maybe I'll sit down and give it a try and see what I think. Well, that's it for this week. As usual, thank you so much to everybody that supports on Patreon and Floatplane, because without all of you supporters, none of these videos would ever be able to happen, and I really want to continue to do this as long as I can, because I really do enjoy all of the stuff, even even the days where I'm like, oh yeah, I'm only going to work eight hours today, and then you know I blink an eye and it's 2 a.m. That's still fun for me, too. I'm a nerd, and I enjoy doing this stuff. I just want to keep doing it, and uh, I want to keep promoting all the awesome people in the retro gaming scene that might not have had a voice or a way to get their products out before we at retro rgb started kind of celebrating them so thank you to everybody that supports if you have the ability to please consider signing up for any of the services and thanks just to the people that watch listen and play nice in the comments um, i'm always interested to see what people have to say uh, and you know there's always great conversations almost every single week so thank you all very much and i'll see you next week